Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Ah, welcome. Uh, you're listening to 3CR and this is the Living Free Show, uh, 3CR Community Radio, 855 kHz on your AM dial. Uh, thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, uh, particularly around homelessness. Uh, my name's Bill, and for the next hour, my guests will be sharing their journey of recovery from compulsive gambling. I'd like to welcome Brett to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Hi. Hi, Bill. How are you? Um, Brett's a member of Gamblers Anonymous, and he's going to share his experience of compulsive gambling and how GA helped him recover. Um, so, Brett, we usually start talking about um, sort of how how your addiction manifested, and I guess with gambling, it's about what was the attraction, what sort of brought you to think gambling was, a, was an interesting thing to do? Yeah, well, I guess uh, back from an early boy, um, I remember I've always had a fascination with numbers. I've always been good at numbers. Um, uh, I was very good at maths at school. I always remember being able to add things and subtract things um, quicker than you know virtually everyone else in my school class and um, so I think that that was where it sort of first started for me um, and you know I remember even as a, a 12 13 year old boy you know sort of even analyzing race results at, at that age um, you know getting averages of you know winning odds and and things like that and I think that always sort of fascinated me um, I can't watch, you know, even a football game without sort of adding two numbers, you know, on a on a jumper and things like that together. So I think that that that, that, that that's what initially sort of started it for me. So you're predisposed. Really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, so how did that sort of play out in your in your life? This fascination with gambling. Yeah. So I think um, you know. I, I mean, I. As um, a lot of young males do, you know, we'd sort of, you know, we'd we'd be in a you know a venue and you know having a good time and you know quite often gambling was a part of that. Um, and I think that that was you know my first taste into you know to actually you know betting as such. And um, I think you know we, we'd always be having a good time. And I think you know we you know and you know as young males you sort of get caught up in you know in a in a bit of a cycle. And um, but I. You know, I realised quite early on that you know I wasn't able to control myself, you know, in a similar way to to what other people were, and um, I think you know gambling became you know a very individual thing for me after that. You know, as, as part of the hiding process, it, it began sort of shortly after that, where I'd, I'd be doing a lot of um, you know that behaviour on my own, so that you know no one else was aware, and, and I was able to, in my mind, get away with it. Okay, so what sort of um, things were you gambling on? Yeah, so I would, you know, bet on sort of horses, greyhounds, trots, that kind of stuff. The, the, you know, we're sort of talking twenty years ago now, um, and then you know that sort of you know manifested itself into um, casinos as well when that um, came into Melbourne, and um, you know probably you know more recently, perhaps you know the last couple of years of you know my addiction probably more prominent in sports betting as well. So. Um, never poker machines. That that was probably the only thing that I managed to steer clear of. But you know, most other of the gambling forms, I um I I took in over various times. Okay. So um, what? 
what was the impact then of, of things like um, advertising for sports betting? How how did that impact on you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's quite it's quite hard, and I think you know it's 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 got it gradually getting you know more and more um, in your face. But um, it's you know it, it, it you know it, it was always you know sort of a factor in that you know it always sort of is you know in front of your face, and I mean you know even sort of now um, you know young children can um, you know struggle to. Um, you know, to, to try and distinguish between enjoying a sports game and, and betting, but um, it, it you know it can be hard, and I think I think um, you know, and it and it was for me because it was always you know that um, relationship between you know having a good time of you know sports clubs and that for for many young males that goes hand in hand with gambling, and and unfortunately um, you know advertising is a part of that, and, and not everyone can control it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so what about um, having it on your phone instead of having to go to a venue? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, made it a lot easier for gamblers, you know, to stay in action without necessarily having to leave the house and, and you know, become, you know, sometimes obvious for your behaviour. Um, you can, you know, th- there's many character defects that um, that a gambler goes through, you know, um, you know, lying, stealing, cheating and, you know, um, you know, to be able to do it, you know, in the comfort of your home either, you know, it can be done, you know, in the middle of the night when you wake up and go to the toilet. It can be done any any time throughout the day. It can be done on the bus to, to work and, you know, I've, you know, partaken in, you know, many of those behaviours and um, so, it, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, it just makes it so much more easily accessible, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so how long was your gambling, how long did it go for in yeah, real terms? Yeah, so I think, I mean... You know, basically half my life, but yeah. So it's been a a, a twenty year addiction, basically. Um, and there's been, you know, small periods of, um, you know, abstinence in there, but um, inevitably they were, you know, followed by, you know, worse results. You know, once I go back, and um, it's it, it's like a snowball. Once you sort of get back in action again, it it, it can you know progress. The, the the whole illness is progressive in its nature, and. Um, um, but yeah, it's, so it's been a long, it's been a long journey for me, you know, to get to this point. Yeah, a long time. Okay. So, did you seek help early? Yeah. So, so some of the early um, help that I tried to employ, you know, with help of various people, would be, you know, to try and, you know, ban myself from, um, you know, TAB venues. Um, I went to the step of, you know, um, <clears throat> formally. Uh, banning myself from the casino so it was actually um you know a a victoria police offense for me to be on the um on the gaming floor of the casino um and still is i think um and so of you know money management you know having all my wages taken by the partners or um or parents um you know there's many forms of help you know that um that people can try and think of to help um, a gambler, but unfortunately, until that person actually makes that decision that they really, you know, want it gone from their existence, quite often these things um, can be rerouted by a gambler. Yeah. Um, so it's a matter of you wanting to stop rather than um, wanting to have it go away in real terms. Yeah, correct. I mean, and, until um, a person in action and, and a gambler really decides that, you know, they, they are truly sick and tired of, you know, feeling sick and tired and, and that they don't want it a part of their future in any way going forward. Unfortunately, um, 
it's it's probably not going to to go away for 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 an addict until they take you know the, those real steps necessarily to um to move forward and, and be free going forward. Yeah, um, so I guess being sort of starting real gambling at at eighteen. So what were your friends doing? Were they similarly gambling? Yeah, so for, yeah, friends would gamble, and you know I'd quite often just you know sort of you know bet in amounts that they would you know do and uh, when I'm around them and you know not make too much of a um you know an obvious I guess you know case that you know anything you know wasn't able to be controlled for me but you know as soon as sort of everyone went home you know I'll you know sneak off somewhere else by myself and um so I'll I'll you know I'd I've very rarely been to a racetrack because I always thought, you know, there were other people around. Um, so I've always avoided that because I've always just wanted, you know, to do it on my own. You become very insular, insular in your um, behaviour and thinking. And, um, you know, p- part of that, you know, is, is a lot of the time for me was going to venues on my own. You know, I, I would drive, you know, just, um, you know, halfway across Melbourne just to get to a point, you know, I know where I'd, you know, be on my own away from people that I knew and 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 that's part of the behavior that that we employ unfortunately right okay um so it it must cost a lot of money to be a gambler so how 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 were you enabled to continue doing that yeah so it it does cost a lot of money um unfortunately it's the addiction that you, you can't see or smell or anything like that and and it's um you know the vice is you know money and being in action and um and that was always fueled for me by taking out you know various loans credit cards um and you know things of you know that nature and you know I was always you know trying to get you know more funds from the banks you know to sort of keep to fuel um you know the the money that I was you know and to and to and to keep in action and I always remember the thrill of you know getting a completely new credit card and 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 thinking you know this is you know, this is an amount of free money that you know is 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 going to you know I'll, I'll be able to be you know in my own little world at least for another you know a couple of days or a week or or have, however long it lasts and and that was you know that was my mindset at the time which is um you know crazy looking back at now when you can get a little bit of perspective but at the time you just want to keep feeding the beast and and stay in action and 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 that's what it was like for me yeah so would do the banks have any um, responsibility in this providing credit to people who obviously have some sort of problem? Yeah, I think they possibly do. Um, I mean, a lot of the time I would just make, you know, cash withdrawals and, and things like that and, um, you know, the fact that I was getting, you know, fees and things like that wouldn't even bother me. So it might have been hidden to a to a small degree, but, you know, I've made a lot of purchases over the last couple of years, you know, that have obviously been for betting-related activity, um, th- that is perhaps um, something that the government can look into on, but yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I guess the other one is relationships. What What's it like being a gambler and ha- trying to have close relationships? Yeah, it's really hard because, as I mentioned before, you become very insular and and you've got so many things that you're concerned w- with in your own head, and um, you know you're you're um. I guess, you know, your efforts to really reach out and, you know, partake in, you know, a normal, you know, family life with friends and, and, and work colleagues really gets taken away in a way because, um, you know, you're, you're probably struggling to sleep at night, you've got so much on your mind, um, you know, you might have banks ringing you and sending you letters and text messages like I was getting and, and, it, and, it's, and it's all consuming and, 
um, you you know you 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 cease to have sort of normal feelings in a way because all you're concerned about is is being in action and the next time that you you can do that. So you know holding normal relationships is is almost impossible. I found right. So what was it like then to have you know to have a relationship um, and then get married? So you you must have shared some of it with your wife beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I made it quite um, clear early on that yeah that. You know, I, I did have a problem, and um, so yeah, it was it was hard. You know, and and um, you know, my partner, you know, s- stood through me for you know many times trying to help me with you know some of the things that I talked about previously. You know, being um, you know banned from venues and and money management and and all those type of things. So, but it, it does become very hard because um, you know a gambler becomes a liar, cheat. Um, a thief in many ways and you know not not a good person at all it it changes a a person's character because um yeah just because everything else becomes insignificant really and so uh, you know holding down a a normal relationship can be very hard I think you know I have had periods of abstinence in between um which has been you know periods of normal way of thinking and living but um they were always, um, you know, intermitted by the, you know, these these periods of, um, you know, self destruction really, and and the, and that's when you know everything can go downhill really quickly, and and it has many times for me. Okay, um, so and I guess the other close relationship we have is with our parents. So, what was your, what did your parents think about your gambling? Yeah, well, I guess they've never really understood it in many ways. Um, you know that we haven't had any history of addiction in our family and you know I remember them saying many times you know why can't you just stop you know just stop and um uh you know to uh to to an addict uh, unfortunately we you know for someone you know that's that, that's into those self-destructive behaviors it, you 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 can't just stop it it's going to take more something more than that um and you know so it's it's caused you know much angst frustration it was it was a real test of um a relationship with my parents for a long long time and um you know they've had to help me financially you know um they've had to help you know as far as you know living with them um you know recently and they've helped in you know in many ways but it's it's been tested absolutely to the to the limits many times and um so it's very hard because people just don't understand um people just don't understand and um yeah, that, I don't know. It's, it's a bit hard to put it into terms, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely it's hard. Yep. Okay. This is the Living Free Show on three CR eight fifty five kilohertz on your AM dial and three CR on digital radio. Podcasts of our show are available on three CR on the website three crorgau forward slash Living Free, and they're also available on iTunes. We've got podcasts of other three CR shows on three uh, crorgau forward slash podcasts. If you have a question or comment about the show, then you can call the station on 9419 8377 or send us an email on 3CRLivingFree at com. I'm talking with Brett. Uh, he's a member of Gamblers Anonymous and we're talking about recovery from the addiction of gambling. Um, so, Brett, um, you've been gambling for a while. So I... I was sort of wondering, um, what was it like working in gambling? Uh, 
Yeah, well, quite often they were intertwined. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I've been able to hold, you know, steady jobs, you know, throughout my, you know, gambling career. So um, it is hard, though, because quite often, you know, when you're in action, you want it. It's, it's a very instant thing. And, um, you know, delaying that to either, you know, a lunchtime or, or you know, after work or a night, you know, can, you know, can be really hard because, um, you know, it's just like an itch that needs to be scratched really. And, um, you know, the, it's, it's always the more that you bet, the, the more that you want to bet and you want to keep that feeling of self-gratification going and, and, you know, normal things like work getting in the way that can be quite frustrating. Um, but you know, I've, I mean, you know, probably part of the reason was that I've always been able to keep jobs because I always thought it was important to keep the money coming in so that I'd always, you know, be able to be able to keep it going in a way. But yeah, it's been challenging and um but you know, I've been, you know, lucky over the last twelve months, you know, I've received some really great support from my employment and a few colleagues and um and, and that and that's really helped and that's uh you know, that that's that you know, part of the benefits of the, the fellowship and the program has, has helped me, I yeah. think. Okay, thanks. Um, so, I understand you went to Gamblers Anonymous a while, about ten years ago. So, what brought you to go there the first time? Yeah, well, that was a one-off meeting um, with uh, about nine years uh, in between until I, I went again. But um, I mean, the fir- you know, we're sort of thinking of you know many options and uh, many ways that you know perhaps that I'll be able to control and and you know. And, and stop my gambling and you know that was you know one of the things that was suggested um to me I think it was more you know my partner at the time and um she drove me out and um I went to the meeting and um you know there was certainly nothing wrong with the meeting you know they were very welcoming and friendly and um you know they they, they certainly you know um cared for me and, and my plight at the time but um unfortunately um I was too headstrong and I don't think I really wanted to give up gambling at that at that time, um, and um, you know, part I, you know, part of the spirituality um, aspects of you know didn't really resonate with me at the time, and I think you know I was just a you know just a headstrong, silly you know male, and uh, you know did you know and 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 unfortunately I, I I thought I knew better at the time, and I thought I'd be able to stop of my own accord, and and um, as I said, I stopped going back. Yeah. So. Um I guess um, it, it's not it's not for everybody. Um, I think a lot of people go to um, self help groups, twelve step groups, but a lot of them don't stay because they don't feel it's relevant. Um, so I, I think it's not uncommon. Um, so what did that mean then? You'd, you'd gone there, you'd you'd were looking for help, but you didn't think Gamblers Anonymous could help you. So how did that play out for the next few years? Yeah, well, I think you know, for a period of time, there were, I think I you know, mentioned it a little bit earlier, touched on it, but the um, you know, there were periods of you know abstinence over the next you know seven or eight years, and you know, I was able to get up you know periods of days. I've I've kept journals, um, you know, I've seen counsellors at Salvation Army, you know, going you know making sure that I was absolutely banned from you know venues, you know. Um, you know, I remember having meals with you know some TAB owners, and and you know said, you know they they were really worried about me themselves, and glad that you know I'd taken the steps, you know, to make sure that I don't go in those particular venues. Um, you know, more money management techniques where you know partners and parents, 
you know, were, um, you know, taking the majority of my wages and, and just leaving enough for me to survive. And so, <clears throat> as I said, it, you know, the, the, there were some constructive periods, but, you know, ultimately, you know, what, you know, for a gambler to get, you know, once they do go back, it can, it can unravel, you know, really quickly. And I hadn't really taken, um, sufficient steps, you know, to take away those urges. I won't, I wasn't working on myself daily. I kind of thought that, yeah, okay, if, if I just stop gambling, then everything will be okay in the future. And, um, and unfortunately there, there's, there's more to it than that. And, um, and but you know I, I wasn't taking those steps and and so there, there there were periods I went back and and um and and so that 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 period went on and off again. Yeah. So what was your family situation at that time? Yeah. So I I mean basically in that period in between I'd got married and and had a couple of um, children and um and so a lot of things were going you know well for me, um you know outside of this and and um you know so you know there there was certainly no reason for me you know to to engage in this, you know, self-destructive behaviour, really. I mean, you know, I was happy, you know, had, you know, I've always had, you know, as, as I mentioned, steady job, you know, partner, you know, growing family, you know, great house, lots of friends. Um, I've always been very sporty, so, you know, active, you know, I was still playing cricket, football. And, um, you know, so on, on the surface things were good, but um, the you know, there were many many things going on inside my mind that mightn't have been so obvious to everyone else. Yeah, and I guess a lot of your behaviour is um, necessarily secretive, so I guess that doesn't help other people understand where you are. Yeah, correct, that's right. Um, I mean, I, th- I think all, all, um, all, all gamblers do and all, all, all people suffering addiction, but it, it's a very insular disease and, um, you know, I... Um, it, it just makes you, you know, want to want to shut out the rest of the world because you've just got, yeah, so much going on in your mind, and 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 everything does become really challenging. And 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 you know, of course, the normal problems and things that need sorting of of general life come through every day. But I, and um, when you're in that headspace, that it, it just gets pushed to the back of the queue, really. And um, and keeping in action becomes the number one priority, and and that's what it was for me. So yeah, relationships are really hard. Yep. Um, and it must be really challenging having all those things happening in the background while you're trying to be, you know, a husband, father, work, workmate, whatever, and you've got all this other hidden stuff that you've got to deal with on your own. So what's the pressure like? Uh, the pressure the pre- is really hard. Um, you have so much on your mind. I mean, um, there were many sleepless nights for me where I would, you know, just be looking at the roof at, you know, two, three, four in the morning thinking, you know, how am I going to get sufficient rest to to get up and do it all again the next day and you know many things were on my mind you know the phone was ringing you know banks were chasing you know um, trying to siphon off mail to other um, post office box away from home and you know you you just take you take so many steps to try and hide um, you know yeah the the lies that you've that you've created and half the time I didn't even know what was true anymore I, I was telling that many lies to um you know parents friends you know partners and um you know it's it's just a it's it's a horrible situation to be in and um yeah that uh, yeah just not not good yeah um so i guess your closest relationships are the ones that suffer the most so i guess your wife must have been pretty upset uh yeah she was yeah always upset um when things would come to light and um yeah absolutely and yeah so the uh 
very hard on her and um yeah it got to a point where yeah she didn't necessarily you know want to live with me and didn't think it was positive for me to be in the house anymore and yeah so it's it's absolutely very tough it's been hard on her as and it's hard on everyone that's close to me really yeah um but it's usually those people who are closest to you that provide the most support and so was she very supportive of you uh, yes, uh, she was supportive of me and she didn't want that to be a part of our future in, in any way and she didn't want it to be a part of my future. She didn't want our kids to be around that behaviour and, yeah, absolutely, she, um, she you know, she, she took many, you know, took many steps to, to try and eradicate it from, you know, my my thinking, my behaviour, absolutely. And, um, you know, when, um, yeah, you know, when I... You know, the, the, when I got found out um, as a as a um, the most recent bust, yeah, I mean, she, uh, you know, she absolutely just, you know, thought that was the end, and um, yeah, so she she's never wanted anything different. Okay, um, so what about your family then? What what was their response to the fact that you couldn't seem to ever get free of it? Yeah, so I mean, mum and dad have just been so supportive and. Um, you know, really close friends as well. But I mean, you know, mum, um, you know, parents were just at the forefront of it. Um, when everything went down, I, w- I, w- I was living with them. You know, for four, five, or six months. I, I can't exactly remember, but it was a, it was a, it was a fair period of time. And you know, they were just so supportive um, in many ways. You know, or, you know, always talking about you know what I was going through. Um, you know, what I was feeling. You know, trying to you know, slowly put back the pieces of, of everything that had sort of just fallen apart for me. Um, and, yeah, as a, you know, it hasn't always been that way with mum and dad, but I think, you know, this time they were just so supportive and that's it's been a, um, it's made things easier on me to at least think that they're on my side and um, it's, um, yeah, so it's, it's been great in, in that regard, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so with your... Um coming back into Gamblers Anonymous, what was the thing that triggered you to get to that point of coming back in? Yeah, well, I think the trigger for someone is to, until until a person actually makes a conscious decision and a, and a, and a hungry decision that they don't want um, this behaviour and they don't want this thinking going on inside their own head going forward, it, it's going to be very hard. And I think, you know, I thought long and hard about what I wanted for my future and, um, I, I realised that absolutely I, in no way did I want this, you know, behaviour, um, the lies and, you know, the, the hiding um, to be a part of anything that I did anymore. I was completely sick and tired of feeling sick and tired basically and um, so that, you know, that was the trigger for me. I was not happy. I was, you know, very, very low on self-esteem and if I continued down the path that I was going to, it would have led to prison insanity or death and... Um, you know, they, they they were they were options that were closing in, and and um, I I wanted to choose a different path. Uh, so, how did you actually get into Gamblers Anonymous again? Yep. So I, uh, luckily enough, came into um, came into contact through someone through a sporting organisation I was associated with, and um, that you know person you know recommend you know heard my story first of all, um, you know which was great and. Um, after hearing it, um, 
offered, you know, for me to come out to um, a GA meeting in Mooney Ponds, which is the other side of the city for me, but I really had nothing better to do at the time anyway. Um, and so I went out there and, and and basically this, you know, the person, you know, sat with me, you know, told me what it was going to be like, um, um, you know, and just supported me and was there for me. And um, straight away... I started. Um, I started to hear the stories, and 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 straight away thought that perhaps there is a way forward, and and if I dedicate myself to 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 this program and engage and and open myself up, that there might be a way forward. But it was it was through this um, one person that that got me back in. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what sort of things did you have to do that made you feel sick of yourself? Um, you know, to give you that really rock bottom feeling that. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, you know, there, there, there was, you know, there, there were just many things that, that I was engaging in that, you know, that were wrong, you know, perhaps, you know, on, on either a legal or legal means. And I mean, it was certainly immoral. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, I was, you know, I was becoming careless of absolutely careless of the welfare of myself and my family and in, indirectly. And I was putting at jeopardy, you know, many things and um, it, it had become a self-fulfilling prophecy for me. I, I really didn't know a way out. Um, my, I was becoming totally consumed by, you know, the erratic behaviour that, that I was doing individually and um, and, and it, it, it was just not you know positive for me I, I didn't like the things that I was doing I, I didn't like looking in the mirror at that point in time I was ashamed of what I was becoming ashamed of what I was thinking and doing and um and yeah it, it was just it was it was a really low point that was only 12 months ago yeah um so did you find it hard to open up again to being I guess secluded for so long and lying to people about what you were what was really happening and what you were really feeling did you have difficulty opening up to people well it, it is very hard opening up because um you learn part of these character flaws that um, a gambler or a person in addiction is is that you know that they, they become very secluded and they they become very good at covering their tracks they become you know very much an individual because a lot of the behaviors that you know they're doing are you know not not part of you know a normal you know functioning person so they become ashamed of that and and hide it away so it, it is very hard for um, you know, particularly males, I think, you know, to open up and 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 to first of all, you know, to ask for help, and it's it's a big step um, to do, and quite often, you know, one of the hardest. But once that, um, once someone opens up and asks for help and realizes that they have a a serious problem and that they don't, they want to take serious action to um, to eradicate that behaviour, then then hopefully there is a way forward. Yeah, uh, and I guess the. Um, once people know you've got a problem, they're usually very supportive. Absolutely, and, and that's that's been a big thing. That's um, you know, I've got I've got a widening group of people, you know, that I do tell, and um, you know, it started off with you know just you know wife, parents, you know, you know, very close friends, but it gradually sort of does get bigger as I. Um, you know, the more people you, you tell, I mean, a lot of people do have problems. It's just whether you see them or not, and. You know, quite often being honest, you know, with someone, and you know, that it might explain some behaviour that um, they've seen over the last couple of years. I've, I've I've heard a lot of times of people think, oh, you know, they've actually said to me, oh, well, that explains, you know, what you were doing at that point in time, or that explains why you were so, 
um, you know, just off, off the handle at times because I had so much on my mind. And so a lot of people have appreciated honesty and, um, you know, that there's so much help out there for, for someone if, if they do want to get help. It's, it's just putting your hand up and, and, um, and asking for it because um, as soon as that's done, there's always going to be someone there to, um, to assist and, and to provide a way forward. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to Living Free on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Um, I'm talking with Brett about living with a gambling addiction and the help that he's had from Gamblers Anonymous. Um, so I think we finished up a few minutes ago talking about um, coming into Gamblers Anonymous again. So what's, what's it like now that you're, you're not obsessed with gambling? Yeah, it's um, it's basically a battle that um that you can take one day at a time, basically, and um through willingness, open mindedness, um, that you know you you know you can you can try and you know live a clean life one day at a time, and that and that's basically the overriding principle for me. Um, you know by by going to meetings you know regularly, that you know probably should be for um for me it was in the form of I needed you know, multiple meetings per week. I could only go a couple of days before my mind would start to wander again and um, I really needed to, you know, get back on track again and I still go to those regular meetings every week. Um, but it ultimately, it, you know, it, 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 um, you know, it, it, it does take away that, that urge um, after a period of time and, it, and it's certainly not easy at the start and it, it, it gradually does get easier. But... Um, Ultimately, you know, by you know sticking to the program, um, you really start to understand many, you know, things about your um, about the way that um, a, a gambler thinks um, and someone with an addiction behaves. And um, but it, it it does it does give you um, you know the processes um, whereby that if you are, are going through an urge as well, it gives you some steps to to try and go through those. Um, and part of those are opening yourself up to other members, of course. But um, there's many forms of um, there's many parts in the program that are helpful for for someone that's willing um, to listen and, and open up their mind to do so. Yeah, uh, and I guess the other thing is it's gambling is not really the problem. It's as you said, it's the thinking. It's the thinking patterns that are the problem. Gambling's the way you deal with that obsession, I guess. Um, so having other people who have shared that experience, how does that help you, um, you know, to identify and to understand? Yeah, well, it's, 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 um, it's an, it's, I mean, the stories that, um, I've heard and the stories that I continue to hear all the time are, are basically my story. And, um, there's just so much shared, um, problems and issues and thinking between, um, you know, fellow members that, um, it, it just, it takes a certain pressure off you because you realise that you you might not necess- be so necessarily different in um, the way of thinking from everyone else. That there are other are other people going through a similar process and and similar journey to you, and and um, and, and and so it's you know the, 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 there's just help there, and you know there's support that if um if 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 you're willing to put up your hand to do it to do it, it it just doesn't make you feel alone and it's i've gained many friendships you know from that and there there's um you know there's many forms that they can hold you know it can be facebook groups it can be calling texting you know going to meetings you know 
as, as simple as meeting someone for a cup of coffee or, you know, um, you know, or the, the, there's many ways that we can reach out and communicate with other gamblers and provide support to each other. Right. Uh, and the other one I, I understand also is it gives you hope, whereas before it was pretty, it was a pretty hopeless outlook that things that you couldn't change the situation, but um, understanding others have been through it, it must give you a lot of hope. Yeah, the, the hope thing's very interesting, and absolutely, it does give you hope. I think the first step that leads to hope is um, is to real is to realise that you actually can't do it on your own, and that's that's one of the um, the first steps of of the twelve step program. Um, is you know is, is to realise that um, on on your own without any tools it, you're you're going to go down the same track again. But um, you know by f- by engaging in the twelve steps, you know by going to meetings, by speaking to other people, and and opening yourself up and communicating um, your problem and 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 trying to convey your thoughts all the time that yeah there is a way forward and and, there, and there's hope and absolutely I, I mean twelve months ago I personally you know, was really low on hope, but now, you know, I'd, I, I look at the members that have um, committed um, to the fellowship and, and engage in service and things like that, and they seem content. I'm sure they they still talk about they have normal life problems um, in an everyday sense, but the urge to gamble um, on a day-to-day basis can be removed um, when they follow the program. So I, I look at these people and, and I think that I want to be just like them and be content and, and happy like them. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we mentioned when we were talking before was um, that you've become a better listener. What's that like now? Yeah, well, I've started to listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, because you can, you can you, you, you fool yourself into, into thinking so many irrational thoughts and um, until you actually you know, stop talking and actually stop thinking for a little bit and you actually just start to listen to what other people are saying and, 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 you know, I guess I'm, I'm sort of struggling to yeah, answer that one, but yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way of putting it. You just, you, you, you actually do start to listen and, and, and it's a, a skill that at, at time has been quite foreign to me. Yeah. I think part of it is, uh, is respecting other people. Um, we, in addiction and in you know, alcoholism and, and those sorts of things, that there's there's a lot of lack of respect. We don't respect other people because we come first. And I think part of respecting other people is giving them a chance to be part of our lives and sort of you know listening to them and you know allowing them in as much as you know anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I came first, second, and third, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that you you've been in Gamblers Anonymous for a year, has that has that changed your your marriage relationship? Uh, yeah, well, it's I think it's gradually um, turning me into a better communicator and uh, you know hopefully you know a, a solid um, husband and, and father again. I mean, you know, I was doing many you know behaviours that were detrimental to myself and others around me, and, and I've at least been able to stop that behaviour as a minimum. And I think over time that I can work on the character de- defects of, you know, communication, respect that you mentioned, um, you know, openness, willingness and, and those things. And and absolutely there's there's no way that my relationships with, with everyone can't be better going forward as a result of this. Yeah. So what, what do your parents think? Are they pleased? Mum um, and dad are absolutely over the moon. The, um, they, uh, I mean, they, they saw what I went through 
12 months ago and uh, and they've seen what this program has done to me and they've seen that how, you know, the changes have, have come over the 12 months. So, I mean, you know, Dad come to a meeting with me one night. I don't, I don't think Mum feels like she's um, up to be able to come. I think she'd be um, too emotional. But they've been absolutely, um, you know, wrapped with... In, in with what I've been able to commit to and an upcoming one year clean um so yeah absolutely I mean you know I go over there sometimes for dinner on a Monday night and mum's pushing me out the door at quarter past seven because <laughs> the, the the meeting starts at seven thirty, and yep. she knows I have to be there so yeah that's good um and in uh, Gamblers Anonymous like other 12-step programs there's a concept of sponsorship so do you have a, an informal or a formal sponsorship arrangement in Gambles Anonymous? Yeah, it's it's more of a informal um, process. I, I mean, I've got an, um, you know, quite a few um, trusted, um, you know, servants and, and members of the fellowship that I communicate, you know, semi-regularly semi with. Um, it's not something on a daily basis necessarily, but, um, you know, before, after meetings, there might be a phone call, text messages, like I mentioned before. There's, you know, I speak to people before, meetings after meetings so um it's yeah it's it's, it's something that sort of evolves over time you, you sort of realize who, who you click with um and you know who you you know who you can trust with you know very private information and um i think just over time you know but i have gained you know many you know trusted you know people as a result of this and and um and that's part of the recovery process itself yeah that that's that's really good um so um if you know, often I ask people, um, what would you say to somebody who was in your situation before you came into Gamblers Anonymous? What sort of things would have helped you if somebody had have mentioned to you? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I would just, I would just implore someone, you know, to, you know, to try and open their mind and to think, you know, do, you know, do they want this behaviour and do they want these thoughts in their life going forward? Um, and if they don't, I would implore them, you know, just to open their mind to, you know, to, you know, a 12 step program or, or, or whatever they think, you know, would, would help. Um, it only needs, it only needs, you only need to try and get to one meeting. Um, hopefully after that one meeting, um, you, you know, you, you would realize that, you know, perhaps there is a, a way forward of ridding yourself of, of the urges on a day to day basis. But, um, I would, you know, I would just implore anyone to put their hand up first of all and to ask for help because um, as soon as someone does, there's going to be someone there to try and guide you. In, in, and and it's, it's it's just that person, you know, listening, as we mentioned before. And and um, you know, if if you're sick and tired of, of feeling sick and tired, then 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 you can do it if if you really want to. You, but you're going to need to put as much effort into stopping it as what you are, as as the effort you were putting into gamble previously. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds pretty obvious, but um, yeah, a lot of people can't see past that. Um, which yeah, that's that's their situation. And, and if you don't want to stop, then nothing's going to make you stop because you know once you then once the obsession and the compulsion kicks in, there's not much you can do. Not much anybody else can do. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're pretty much at the time where we usually stop. Um, so um, if you're interested in uh, contacting Gamblers Anonymous if you'd like to find out more and wonder if they could help you or want somebody you know uh, then you can phone them on 03 9696 6108 or you can go online at 
gaaustralia.org.au. So that's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Brett for coming in and sharing his Gambler's Anonymous recovery experience with us. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Um, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovery from compulsive drinking and we'll be joined by a couple of members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, If you stay tuned now, uh, we've got Black Noise Radio coming on, uh, hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts, all from from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thanks for listening to uh, Living Free program today.